It's that time again. It's Greek for the week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It's Chris Palmer, and you're listening to the Greek for the Week podcast. Let's dive into the Word of God and see what the Lord has for us today. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 6, and we're going to be examining just a couple of passages right there in the Lord's parable, Luke 6, 46 through 49. And while you're turning your Bible there, I want to invite you and encourage you to send this link to a friend and say, check out this podcast. Chris takes us deep into the Greek, and we excavate things from God's Word that we might not see as clearly in the English. You know, you can trust your translations. Um, the English translations that are out there, whatever language you speak, I'm absolutely certain it's reliable and trustworthy. But when we look at the original language, we're able to pick up nuances and things perhaps that we might not so, see so clearly in uh, languages in which the Bible has been translated. So the Word of God is still inerrant. It's still infallible. It's still inspired. But Going into the original Greek does a lot of good for us, and that's what we do in this podcast. So let's turn to Luke 6, 46-49, and let's read what the Lord says. In this parable, he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Now I want to talk to you briefly about the importance of digging deep. I venture to say that as a minister of the gospel, I put a high premium on studying the Word of God. People at Light of Today Church, my church in Novi, Michigan, they understand that as people who are being a light to the world, we have to spend time in God's Word excavating it to know what the Word of God says. When I was in Israel this past May, uh, the tour guide I was with, made a good point, and he said that we're living in a time where people get their theology from memes, tweets, Facebook posts, and things that come across the screen so quickly and so fast, but you really can't truly understand the brilliance in the Word of God and renew your mind to the Word of God unless you spend time wrestling with it and meditating it and excavating it. In other words, it has to be more than something quick, and it has to be more than something flashy. Let me give you an example from my life. In the year 2002, I really began an attempt to study God's Word. I was 17 years old at the time. God's Word had fascinated me so much when I got born again, and I started getting to the point where I was becoming more mature in my faith, so I said, I'm really going to take to studying the Word of God. And the Lord spoke to me. I had resources and materials that I was using at the time, and I was spending a couple hours a day just studying the Word of God on top of my, my studies in college. And I remember the Holy Spirit ministered to me, and He said, don't, don't allow anyone to steal the Word that you are sowing into your heart. Take the time that you have at this point in your life and allow your roots to grow deep. You know what it says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7 in the C 
E.V., plant your roots in Christ. Let them be the foundation of your life. And at that time in my life, it actually lasted a couple of years. I was studying the Word. I wasn't debating anybody. I wasn't, we didn't have social media at the time, so I wasn't tempted to go on social media and start a war with people. But I wasn't even discussing what I learned at the lunch table uh, in college. I was just listening to the Word of God in here. Because, you know, when you start discussing what you're learning from God's Word, there's always somebody that wants to take issue with it and want to challenge you from it. And the Lord ministered to me that that if I got into those types of quarrels and debates with people, it might pull the Word of God out of my heart. And that at that moment, it, it wasn't for me to preach the Word. I wasn't preaching God's Word. It was just for me to study and allow the root of the Word of God to go deep within my heart. Looking back, that was 15 years ago or so, 16 years ago. I see the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in that. I've been through some ugly things in life been through plenty of challenging trials. I've seen things in the ministry that, uh, you know, are not pretty. But there's never been a time where I just wanted to walk away from the Lord and move away from the Lord and say, ah, this is hogwash. This is, nah, I don't, this, I don't know about all this Bible stuff. No. The one constant when I look at my life, the one constant that I see is that the Word of God has always been the foundation. And that goes back to those early moments of my life where I built my foundation upon the Word of God. There has to be time in our lives as believers. You know, when I when when I have new believers that I meet and I begin to disciple them, I tell them, it's good to preach, it's good to minister, it's good to tell people about Jesus. I certainly don't want to discourage that. Go out, evangelize, tell people about the Lord. But there has to be that time where you know that you are a student, you are in beginner's training, and you're building God's Word as a foundation in your life because there's going to come a time where you're challenged. And if your foundation is not deep, you could be moved. Take the time to build that foundation. In 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, I was building that foundation before I ever preached the Word of God. There was in you know times here and there where I preached, but before I got serious preaching and teaching the Word, I had that four or five years of studying aggressively so the roots of God's Word could get deep. And we're going to see in just a second that Jesus says that is imperative to having a successful life in Christ. And we'll see that more now than ever, we need to build that foundation. I want to get, Before we get into the Greek, I want to give you some statistics that you might find extremely interesting. I didn't do come up with these statistics on my own. I'm reading from Christianity Today, July 6, 2015, and they're giving research from Lifeway Research. Okay, here's what it says here. Despite many Christians who believe that it's God's will to bless them and believe that God's will is infallible and it's inspired and inerrant and that it really is the word of God to us, these statistics still show up. And that is 45% of those people who regularly attend church read the Bible no more than once a week. So seven days in the week, Maybe one time outside of church, they read the Word of God. It's pretty alarming. When you 45%, that's a lot of people not reading the Bible. Even though they believe it's God's Word, well, you know, yes, it's God's Word, but I don't have time for it. Here's probably something even more shocking than that. Same, same source, Christianity Today, Lifeway Research. In UK, many, okay, many children couldn't identify common Bible stories. One-third didn't know, one-third, that's 33%, 33.3%, didn't know that the nativity was part of the Bible. 59% knew, 
didn't know that Jonah and the whale was a story from the Old Testament, or let alone not the Old Testament, but also the whole Bible. And adults didn't do much better during this survey. 36%, now this is, this is going to shock you, or 30%, I should say, of British adults didn't know that Adam and Eve, David and Goliath, and the Good Samaritan were in the Bible. 30%. Okay? That means 70 could identify it, 30 didn't know. That's a big percentage still. When those are obvious Bible stories. Now, here's something that will even shock you all the more. 27% thought that Superman is a Bible story. 27% of people in the UK, according to this research, which seems pretty accurate, okay, it seems trustworthy source, 27% thought Superman is a Bible story. Superman! Wait, wait, wait. One third of people surveyed thought that Harry Potter was an idea from the Bible. And 54%. Okay, 54% believe that Hunger Games is a part of the Bible. That's right, the Hunger Games. The movie that was out, you know, Katniss and, and all those, I can't even remember the other names. They think that's from the Bible. 54%! That's half. That's more than half of people thought that came from the Bible. Here in the USA, according to the same st uh, statistics, the same study, 59% of evangelicals believe the Holy Spirit is a force and not a person, not a, a entity in the Godhead. They believe it's a force. And you say, well, what's the big deal about that? Because Orthodox Christianity, one of our main doctrines, is that the Trinity, three beings in one, these are not forces. These are actual personal beings, entities. That's a huge part of theology. That's not a small area of theology that you mess up. And 59% don't know that. But here's something to contrast it with, 90% of people surveyed said they desire to please Jesus in everything that they do. So what, what does this statistic show us? That you have all these theological problems, all this biblical illiteracy, people that aren't opening up their Bibles, but 90% of people say, well, we want to please Jesus, we love Jesus, we want to please Him in everything they do. So despite what they say, they're not opening up their Bibles to read the Word of God. And I'm not trying to be condemning about it, but it's shocking and it's surprising to see that as many people want to please the Lord, they're not opening up the Word of God to see what it says. So the question I have is, if, if you don't open the Word of God to see what it says, how is it that you know how to please the Lord? How can you be pleasing to God unless you open up God's Word and diligently study it? I can tell you this, people that put the Word to the heart, it says in Psalm chapter 119, verse 11, I have hidden your Word in my heart that it might not sin against you. So that in order to please the Lord and walk in righteousness, the Word of God has to be hidden in your heart. Okay, let's get into the Greek. Let's go here. And, and listen, I'm not trying to be condemning, but it's alarming. And we have to continue as believers. If you have a child, if you have uh, perhaps an elderly person in your home or that you know you see on a regular basis, teach them the Word of God. Read to them the Word of God. Make the Word of God the center of your home. Make it the center of your house. Make it the center of everything you do. It's best when you wake up in the morning. Pull the Bible out. Put it on your phone. Listen to it when you go to work. Listen to it when you're at work, if you can. Don't not work. Do your job. If But if your job allows it, listen to it. Go to church on Sundays. Go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. God forbid you go to church twice. Go Sundays and Wednesdays. Be a part of it because when we center our community and our lives about the Word of God, we'll have our lives in a community that's better at pleasing the Lord. And, and, and we'll see why that's a benefit here in just a second. So look, let's go here. Uh, Luke chapter 6 and 46. Jesus says, 
<clears throat> Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? The first thing we see in the Greek is that we see the word Lord, Lord repeated twice. And that's in the vocative case. Kyrie, uh, Kyrie. It would be just once to say it enough. Why do you call me Lord and do not do what I tell you to do? But it's double word or repetitious. And so when we see a Greek word that's repeated twice in the vocative case, that is emphasizing to us something that's urgent. That would be like saying, Lord, 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 listen, Lord, I, there's something very important. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. Jesus is emphasizing and put an urgency in this case that the people wanted to indicate to the Lord that they had a relationship with him. So when you double the title, it would be like using a form of flattery. And so here you see that the people are flattering the Lord with their lips. Not just one Lord, two Lords. Lord, you're Lord. You are, you, hey, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You are really the Lord of my life. But we see that this also takes the form of a rhetorical, a rhetorical question. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? So the rhetorical question here is symbolizing something to us. He didn't just say it flat out. He's basically saying, it makes no sense to tell me that I'm the Lord of your life if you don't do what I'm telling you to do. <laughs> so, in other words, we have to put our money where our mouth is. We have to walk the walk, not just talk to talk. And Jesus shows us that it's important to walk the walk and talk the talk. Here in the next verse when he says, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them. Now you'll see between the words here, here's my words, does them, is a conjunction, chi, and that's and. But here it's being used in an emphatic way. We would say that it's being used in an ascensive way, which means that here's my word, also does them. It points a little bit more descriptively to what hearing ends up becoming, and that is doing. So he's tying hearing and doing together. And he's saying that hearing goes hand in hand with doing. If you want to follow me, hearing and doing go hand in hand. Now, a person that hears the word of God is more likely to do the word of God than a person that doesn't hear the word of God. You could say it like this, doing begins with hearing. You just can't expect to do what Jesus is saying or what God's word is saying for that matter if you don't hear it. Then you could logically say that the more you hear, the more you'll do. If you're looking at your life and you say, how come I never obey God? Well, it's very possible because you're not hearing the word of God enough in your life. Put it in your mind. Listen to it. Hear it. Play it in your car. Play it at the gym. Play it when you get home. When you throw your keys on the table and you're taking your coat off, turn the word of God on. While you get a shower, listen to the word of God. Fill your mind with God's word and you're more likely to do it. You'll be someone that hears and does, like James says. But Jesus has good news for a person that knows the word of God, that is hiding it and is making the word of God his foundation and doing it. There's good news for them. It says in verse 48, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. This is phenomenal. Very interesting passage because of what it could have said but doesn't say. Jesus could have simply said he's like a man building a house who dug and laid the foundation on the rock. But he doesn't say that. He says who dug deep. The Greek literally says dug and went deep. Dug and went deep. So he put a very specific emphasis on the fact that the man just didn't dig. The man also went deep. We'll find that the word ekopsen 
is in the aorist tense. The word for dug, a kapsen, is in the aorist tense. And the word for went deep, ibathumen, uh, is also in the aorist tense. Now, the aorist tense shows that an action took place. Just that an action took place. Now, here are two actions that took place, one right after the next. And they're tied together by another use of a conjunction, kai. So it literally says this. Who dug even went deep. So what it means is that the man dug, finished digging, said to himself, it's not enough that I dig. Digging's not enough. I got to do one better than that. And I have to go deep. So after he's finished dugging, he says, no, no, mm -mm. I got to go a little bit. I, I, it's not enough. I got to dig deep. Got back to digging and dug deep until he hit the rock. He went as far as he could possibly go with his digging in order to build his house. Scripture is telling us something, that digging isn't enough. That's just not enough. We have to be careful and give attention and energy and give uh, uh, our might to going as far as we can with the Word of God. It's just being metaphorical of giving as much time and as much attention uh, to the Word of God so that it can take place in our life because the deeper we go, the firmer our foundation is going to be. When you're in the Word of God and you're breaking it apart and you're saying, you know what, I want to get in there. I don't just want to just uh, give a passive attempt at God's Word. I really want to break this apart and go as deep as I possibly can. When you have that attitude about God's Word, God is going to honor you, and he's going to honor your digging. I can promise you that. And that's the attitude God wants to see, is people who are serious about it. What that means is you don't get points for trying. You say, oh, I went to church last month. Well, I can tell you, that's probably not going to be enough. It's good you went to church, but we have to be consistent about it. You say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I read a devotional last week. Not going to be enough. Putting God's word in your heart consistently with carefulness, and with effort is what's going to be enough. Look what it says here. And when a flood arose, and you can guarantee the flood's going to happen. Now, the flood is representative of two things. Most importantly, it's talking about the judgment when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13 when all of our works are judged. When the flood arose, it says the streams here broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been built well or had been well built. So you can understand that in our lives, we're going to face the judgment seat of Christ one day in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13. And when we take time to build our life upon what Jesus says by studying and going deep with what he says and giving effort to what he says, you can understand that your works are going to hold up and you're not going to be shaken. And when the Lord looks at your works, he's going to see that you do what he told you to do. And because of that, your works will be gold. They, weren't be, they won't be made of hay or wood or stubble because you knew the Word of God, you did the Word of God, because you studied the Word of God, and your works will be blessed. And more than just that, it refers to the storms of life, the difficulties, the challenges of life. When somebody offends you, when somebody hurts your feelings, when someone's talking bad about you, when someone steps out of love or gets in the flesh with you, or when the temptations of life come your way because the Word of God is hidden in your heart, like the psalmist said, in Psalm chapter 119, verse 11, you won't sin against the Lord. You will stand. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, 
Uh, no temptation has seized you, but what is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You will be stronger in the day of temptation the more the word of God is in your heart. That's why it's always a benefit to sow the word of God into your life. You say, well, I'm always weak when it comes to temptation. Oh, I just, you know, temptation comes and it always overtakes me. It's because the word of God's not in your life because you haven't dug deep to get it into your heart. You haven't made an effort. People write me on Instagram all the time. One of the most common questions that I get is, how can I beat this sin? How can I overcome this habit? How can I, how can I overcome it? And I see people that want to do well. I mean, their will is there. They really, really, really want to do well. They love the Lord, but they don't have the strength to overcome in the day of battle because you understand that the strength comes from the power of the Word of God operating in our life. You'll find new strength the more you dig deep into God's Word, the more time you spend with it. You will find that when the waves and the wind come along, it's not going to shake you because your foundation has uh, been dug deep. So today, remember, don't just dig. Make sure that you dig deep. God bless you, friend. Do yourself and a friend a favor and say, hey, listen, this podcast is deep. It's taking us deeper into the Word of God. Make sure you share the link with a friend. Invite them and, and, and to be a part of this podcast. We love taking people deeper in the Word of God. If you want to support the podcast, there's a link that you can click on Anchor FM, and we can continue doing more things with the Word of God through this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you, and we'll see you next week on Greek for the Week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless and good studying.